So let's start the Dumb Bleep of the Week. This is Dumb Bleep number one. And like I said, this one is not going to be included in today's episode. If you want to hear it, it's going to be on Friday's episode, except for y'all Patreon supporters. It's got to be in the Dumb Bleep. It's got to be voted on. One of the dumber things I have read. It's going to have to be in our tournament bracket style. With for, a number one seed. For the year. Yeah. Now this comes from... Charlie's favorite magazine, which is teenvogue.com. <laughs> He's always sending me stuff from Teen Vogue all the time saying, hey, man, check. What do you think? <laughs> I've never seen this in my life, actually. Yeah, it's a thing. It's you have the you're the one with the subscription to it, Nate. Yeah, it's listen. You know how the algorithms work. Once you click on something, they keep showing you stuff. So I get articles from Teen Vogue all the time. And I tell you, that is one of the dumbest commie newspaper magazines I've ever seen in my entire life. It is pure propaganda, pure socialist communist propaganda at all times. Just misinformation around every corner, only not getting tagged as misinformation. Yeah. All right. So you can't tell, but in the back of the magazine, there's <clears throat> in the fine print, it says, uh, you know, commie. Yeah. It says owned by Stalin in the yes. back of it. Mm -hmm. That's what it says at the behest of Mao is, uh, is what it says. So mm -hmm. this article, this gets dumb bleep number one. What capitalism is and how it affects people. So this article, remember, is, is, is positioned to be towards younger people who are wondering what capitalism is. Let's say you're a 15-year-old a, a and you're hearing all this talk about capitalism and socialism, and you're trying to look up what the heck is capitalism even? I don't even know. Well, luckily, Teen Vogue has got you covered on that. And they're going to describe to you what capitalism is in this fine article right here. Mm -hmm. So let's go. This might be one of the best things I've ever written they, in my life. They start off with a definition of capitalism. And I know that they mean it as the definition of capitalism because they say, capitalism is defined as an economic system in which a country's trade, industry, and profits are controlled by private companies instead of by the people whose time and labor powers those companies. <laughs> Now, remember, they started off by saying this was the definition because they said it's defined as an economic system that is controlled by private companies instead of by the people whose time and labor powers the companies. Mm. So they already start off with a lie immediately because that's not the definition. Well, they, they're adding on to it. They're adding something on to the definition. Because the beginning's not horrible. It's an economic no. system when it, in which a country's trade industry and profits are controlled by private companies. Technically true essentially, but then they add on instead of by the people who did all the work, essentially. Yeah. So, so they're, they're trying to say <laughs> right away that capitalism is exploitation. That's what they're saying. That's how they start off the conversation. Mm -hmm. And the actual, the actual definition? actual definition I have right here is an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than by the state. Now, that does not end oh, with... That's, was that the end of it? That's it. It does not say instead of by the people whose time and labor powers the companies. <laughs> it does not say that. Okay. So let's get into this article. This is a bit of a long, dumb bleep, and that's why it's going to be split off into its own episode for everyone to listen to, which you guys are probably listening to right now on Friday and not on Wednesday when we did this. What does it mean to be a capitalist? Individual capitalists are typically wealthy people who have large amounts of capital invested in business and who benefit from the system of capitalism by making increased profits and thereby adding to their wealth. So 
This is what it means to be a capitalist. It's typically wealthy people who have a lot of money. Yeah. Those are the capitalists, right? Only, they can only be that. They're the only ones. There's, yeah. not a, uh, there's not a barbershop owner. There's not a restaurant owner at all. There's not anyone that's running a business online. There's not anyone that has their own podcast where they're trying to sell ads for it or anything like that. None of those people are capitalists. It's the, the people who are capitalists are typically wealthy people who have large amounts of capital. Now, that's funny because they'll also talk about wealthy people are only a very, 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 very small percentage of the people. Let me, t let me just give you a stat here, by the way. Okay. There are 30.7 million small businesses in the U.S., which account for 99.9% .9 of all U.S. businesses. Woo. <laughs> so they're typically wealthy people. Those are the capitalists. Yeah, the Small Business Administration defines a small business as a firm which has fewer than 500 employees. <clears throat> now, that is a, still a pretty big business in but, my estimation. Well, but if you actually dig into those numbers, because we, we they do have those, I think it's somewhere around 80 to 90% of all small businesses have fewer than 10 employees. Mm -hmm. So even the ones that have you know, a hundred to 500 employees is a very small percentage of that small business. So, so they're not done. There's a reason this is going to be its own episode. A capitalist nation is dominated by the free market, which is an economic system in which both prices and production are dictated by corporations and private companies in competition with one another. Just so literally I can't help but laugh every not even every sentence. You didn't even finish the sentence That's there. not even the entire sentence. I can't get through the whole sentence. I can't even. I can't. Have you ever not been able to can't even? No. <laughs> okay. Because that's what I am right now. I'm not even evening right now. I know. I can't. So listen, first off, they start with a definition that is incorrect. And then they say that only wealthy people are the capitalists. And now they're saying that prices inside of capitalism are dictated by corporations and private companies. Now, that might sound true at first, but if it were true, then your iPhone would cost a million dollars. Your your uh, your Ford Mustang would cost a couple million dollars. This computer, this hunk of junk right here would cost me two or three hundred thousand uh, dollars. This can of Coke Zero right here would probably be 50, 60 bucks, something like that. Podcast subscription would be a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, no, that's not the way it works. That's not. Prices are dictated by the consumers in the economy, unless you do have an actual monopoly, which can pretty much only exist at the behest of the government. Well, that's, and people are only forced way. to use your monopoly. Yeah, yeah. Because you could be a monopoly. If you <laughs> no. don't even need what they have, then they right. still can't dictate right. some prices to you. But the companies price things based on what they think people will pay. And if they price things too high, then people won't buy their stuff. And then they can't stay in business. So the idea that then prices, what happens? The price comes down. And they lower the price to a price that yeah. people will pay. So who dictates the prices? People. People dictate Consumers. the prices in capitalism. Yeah. It There's is, a thing called, uh, well, well the, I believe the Laffer curve applies to this, doesn't it? Well, it's still, it still would. You can raise your price so high that you're going to get less consumers, but you could have uh, more money or the same amount of money, or you could lower your price way down. And you can more have way consumers more. Yeah. And, and then turn over more product. Because like that's the difference between, let's say, Apple and Walmart. Mm -hmm. Right? Walmart churns millions, if not billions, of products over. And so they're making a very tiny percentage on billions of products that they're turning over. Apple, on the other hand, they still sell millions of products, but they're a lot higher priced. And so they don't have to turn over as many products 
or services that Walmart does to make the same amount of profit. Yeah. Although Apple makes a lot more profit. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, and they do better. They do better with their profit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, like I'm just trying it. to, I'm just trying to give you an example. <clears throat> yeah. Because, and, because the, the price is dictated by what people are willing to pay for it. Okay. Now remember back in 2000, probably five, uh, 2015, only five years ago when the 70 inch TV came out, right? That TV wasn't worth $3,000 to a lot of people. Now here in 2020, when it's 50 bucks, <laughs> it's worth 50 bucks to all kinds of people. Yeah. That's the that's how prices change over time, folks. And they actually, it got cheaper. Rarely, you don't see a lot of products, material products in, cat, in a free market system that continue to get more and more expensive over time without some type of corresponding increase in the value that you're getting at the same time. Now, if you had a car that didn't have air conditioning, had an old radio where you pushed a button and it moved kind of close to the radio station that you want to listen to, <clears throat> and the seats were super uncomfortable, and it was it was very unsafe, and it got 10 miles to the gallon, but it was, you know, uh, I guess in that case, it probably is pretty comfortable. Those, those cars are pretty comfortable. But... Okay, so those, what would you pay for a car like that today? Well, you wouldn't be legally allowed to sell a car like that today, more than likely. You, I mean, <laughs> you got to have a backup camera and, and stuff. So, but if we had cars that were just like cars in the 1950s, those would probably still be really cheap, more than likely. And actually, it, with inflation, they might still be cheaper than what they were in 1950. Now, cars are way more expensive today than what they used to be, <clears throat> but they've also got a hell of a lot more stuff in them. So the value went up a lot in the actual vehicle that you're buying. It yeah, they took faster. out those machetes and the steering wheel and replaced them with airbags. I know, I know. And that's why <laughs> people drive unsafe all the time. Jeez. Todd brings up a good point too, because the, the one part in here that I didn't really catch that he did, which I thought was good, is that um, they benefit from the system of capitalism by making increased profits and they're, thereby adding to their wealth, which... In essence, it's true, but at the same time, they, they're not taking those profits and storing them in their mattress, folks. He brings up a good point and says that these socialists also don't account for how much the owner of a company puts profit back into the business to grow it or make the business better, which every single business owner does if you're smart, right? Yeah. Because you're going to sacrifice the profits now, and you're going to reinvest those in the company to hopefully have more profits down the line, not even for yourself, maybe, maybe for your kids. Well, that makes, or your kids' kids. It makes everyone better off anyway because you're reinvesting back into a business that's giving a lot of people jobs, a lot of people products that they want. If they didn't want it, then you wouldn't be a business in the first place unless you're a government-provided monopoly. And, and you're and providing so value. You're providing value to society and you're exchanging things that people deem more valuable than the money that they're giving you. So that it does make things better. So the, speaking of, let's go into the next section here. How does capitalism impact people? Remember, this is an article that is aimed towards young teenagers to explain to them what capitalism is. Okay, getting them ready for the world is what's happening here. The kind of impact that capitalism has on your life depends on whether you're a worker or a boss. (laughs) That's So how does capitalism impact people? Well, it depends on whether or not you're a worker or an owner. All right, that's what they're saying. For someone who owns a company and employs other workers, capitalism may make sense. May, just may. Might make sense. The more profits your company brings in, the more resources you have to share with your workers, which theoretically improves everyone's standard of living. Theoretically improves 
everyone's standard of living. <clears throat> it's theoretical that our standards of living have gone up over the last couple hundred years. You know what's not theoretical is unicorns and rainbows in a freaking socialist utopia that works for everyone. Yeah. That's not theoretical. What's theoretical is the idea that capitalism improves the standard of living for everyone. Yeah, when you look over That's the theoretical. last couple hundred years, there's no way it could be capitalism. It was the idea of socialism that people were talking about, Marxism. Yeah. It was the, that was the idea that has propelled us forward. Uh, we just use capitalism as a vehicle to talk about that idea so that we could become so wealthy. It's, it's clear as day when you look throughout history, and it's not hard, folks, if you want to do it. It's really easy. In fact, I've pointed this out several times. There's a little special on Netflix that talks about China. China. And how they became one of the richest countries in the world, despite, well, we think one of the richest countries in the world. Maybe. Despite being a communist state. Well, how did they do it? They created economic free zones where they allowed private property owners and businesses to work and keep and trade and keep their profits. Mm. Now they started off with four of those economic free zones and now they have like over 2000 or 3000 of them. So it's very clear. You can just look at a few examples and you can see that when people can own private property and they can turn a profit, then society improves as a whole. We have gotten as a human race, so advanced in the last 200 years, we are, I mean, you can, you can see we're knocking out poverty faster than we ever have before in human history. Other than we, this year, other than this year when, <laughs> yeah. yeah, when the government shut the free market down. So, but, but that's unfettered capitalism's fault. And, but if you look at the progress that we've made as human beings, I mean, we have more fat people now than we do starving people in the world. That, that stat alone right there, because you are born starving you are so yeah that's the that's default state and your mom's sorry about that okay <laughs> and hopefully she fed you and then now you can feed yourself but you're born starving if and you're listening have, to this she probably fed you yeah yeah and now we have more fat people than we do we have more people overweight than we do that are starving in the world that's insane it is it's it, something to be celebrated that's all because of that brief stint of socialism we had over in china and russia that's oh, what yeah. that that's what actually fixed that there's no reason we always used we all used to say, "You better eat your food." They're starving people in China. China. We didn't say they're starving people in Omaha. Right. That's not what we said. Okay, we said they got good steaks. All right. <laughs> right. That's what we said about Omaha. All right. We said they're starving people in China. Oh, I know. In socialism, we uh, we killed all the skinny people. We went ahead and starved them to death. Mm, that way, yeah. we got we moved them off the balance sheets. That's why we have stats. all the overweight people, right? Yeah, that's why we have. It. <laughs> okay, so they keep on going. There's there's little to no truth in this thing, and this is still dumb bleep number one. But it's so important. It's all based on the principle of supply and demand, and in capitalism, consumption is king. Wrong. No, production is king in capitalism. Consumption is not king. That is not how you grow your wealth, consuming things. You don't grow your wealth by buying laptops and cars and fancy watches and nice clothes and good hats and in-ear headphones and all kinds of stuff. I'm just naming things I see in here right now. I'm just saying things that are in the say? room. What are you trying to say? <laughs> you don't grow your wealth by doing those things. You grow your wealth by investing in things that can increase in value over time or by saving it. And then other people grow their wealth by being able to pull from that resource when it's in the banks. This idea that saving your money doesn't grow an economy is insane. When you think about the fact, when you go buy a house, did you buy a house? 
Did you actually buy it? No, the bank. The bank bought the house because the bank had the money. You rarely go write a check. And usually they purchase it from another bank. They probably just bought it from another bank and who bought it from another bank. And uh, it, But anyway, you go and you get a bank to front the money for the house. Where did the bank get the money? The bank got the money because some evil rich people were hoarding their wealth in the bank. That's how they ended up having the money for you to go get a house that you couldn't afford otherwise. So you want people to put their money in the bank. Consumption is not king. Production is king in capitalism. Thank you, Todd. I'm glad that you heard where I was going with that. He said, do you love the lamp? <laughs> There's no lamp in here. I would have I would have named a lamp. I love lamp. Let's just keep going with the dumb here. Capitalism takes the position that greed is good, which its supporters say is a positive thing. Greed drives profits, and profits drive innovation and product development, which means there are more choices available for those who can <coughs> afford them. Which is true. Some of that <laughs> is true. Now, I don't think we officially take the, the stance that greed is good. We take the stance that greed is a natural part of the human psyche and the human condition, and that there has to be an economic system set up that will allow the greedy people to organize themselves in the best way for the most amount of people. And that is capitalism. Because, we take the stance that greed is. Yeah, it's greed. It's there. It exists. Greed is. Mm -hmm. That's It's there. There's There's nothing you can do about it. If you think you can go out there and convince everyone not to be greedy, you're wrong. And this is one thing I love Milton Friedman put it so, so eloquently. And he articulated this message so well that it's always someone else who's greedy. It's never you, right? You always think of everyone else being greedy. And my thing is, is like, look, if you, if you're poor in America, then you're still greedy considering how many people are starving around the world. And you could be giving away everything to you them. Should, exactly. <laughs> you should be paying your fair share of taxes for world hunger. Okay, so it's oh, it's uh, but we always look at someone else who has more than us and be like, oh, look how greedy that person is. You know, he got a new truck, and I'm just driving this car. We all you know? we all want the most for the least. That's, yes, that's what we want. If your mm -hmm. boss came up to you today and said, "Hey, I'd like to give you a raise," and you're like, "All right, what do I got to do?" and they're like, "Nothing. I'm just going to give you more money." Are you going to be like, "Well, I don't really like the idea of getting more for for the same amount of effort. I don't like that." No, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, give me my money. Yeah. Pay me my money. You're not going to be like, oh, no, I can't accept that because I don't want to be greedy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. No, you're, you're going to take it. Right. And the thing about it is, is that since greed is, it's the default position of human beings, again, uh, what system uh, rewards greed in a way that provides more value to more people than it does just the person seeking greed? It would be if they a, are seeking greed. It would be a system where you can only benefit, you can only use your greed in a way that could have people give you money only if you gave them something more valuable in return. That would be the, the system that would reward greed in a positive way for everyone. And that would be a free market. In the socialist system, everyone's still greedy, and just the people who have the guns get to be the greedy people who get whatever they want and everyone else just has to, you know, live like... Did you experience that like in Djibouti or something? I did, I did. Uh, in, in Djibouti, I saw the perfect thing. So they've got an industry in Djibouti and that is the Maersk shipping port. One uh, the, industry. The shipping port in Djibouti, Africa. And uh, the government, you know, they, they basically own 
the, all the labor and everything from that, the, the, the government of Jibouti, it's like a kingdom or something. I don't know how they structure it. But anyway, the people get paid out dividends and everything from that nice shipping port. And it's a very, very poor area, extremely poor. If you had a house in Djibouti, it looks something like some sticks put together with some canvas sheets. Of, that's just for the rich people. It would be like some paper. It can't be paper because that's what they feed their goats. Um, it would be some kind of trash that is inedible. In un, in, in, inedible? Unedible? Not no, edible. Not edible. It isn't edible. That would be surrounding the sticks that and make air. up your house. Because the air is free. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, and so that's what you would have. And no one's greedy there. But I will say the government, they live in some of the nicest palaces I've ever seen in my entire life. Mansions lining the area around the ports and through the strip where all the government buildings are. You've got literally palaces and mansions all over the place. I have people begging me for water outside of the government mansion I went to a party in that night. So, I mean, that is what's actually going on. I'm sorry, the mansion party was in Kuwait. The palaces were in Djibouti. And I had one of the, a, a nice steak dinner in a restaurant that uh, basically only government officials are allowed to go to in Djibouti. <laughs> and everyone else is out there begging people for water and trying to, trying to get by. Now they are, all the people there are equal. They're all very equal. And no one is greedy because they can't be. And the government lives in palaces and the people drink water out of mud puddles. And so the, well, that's I can what's tell going you, on. I can tell you who's greedy there. Mm-hmm. The person who has two goats instead of one. That is. Because yeah. that's mm-hmm. a greedy person. He's keeping that second goat for himself. It's the person who hid some of their cardboard, that, that's, which is what they feed the goats. They have more cardboard to feed their goats than other people did. Mm-hmm. And so that's greed. Right Even there. if he went out searching for it longer than anybody else, it doesn't matter because he has it. It's greed. Yeah. So anyway, that, 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 you know, we say all that because they they want to paint making a profit as greed. That's what they're trying to do here. They're saying profit equals greed, and that's not true necessarily. Now, one of the motivations to seek profit could be greed, but it doesn't. That doesn't necessarily mean that profit equals greed. It's profit is just a byproduct of providing value to people in society. And if you guys want to learn all about that, Thomas Sowell does an amazing job talking about profit for at least 27 chapters <laughs> in basic economics. He's That's, got a great chapter. It's called The Role of Profits. And if you go, that's how the guy reading the book says This it. is Audible. I have listened to that chapter so many times. And what you come up with is, you know, a simple, simple example that we've talked to people before with, uh, you know, your phone charger, you might pay 30 bucks for that at Target. If you get an Apple phone charger, you're like, oh, that is evil, evil profit on top of that. And we should make them sell that for 15 cents. And the actual answer is if they had to sell it for 15 cents, it wouldn't exist. It just wouldn't be there. And so profits, they do drive innovation. They do drive production. They drive people to take risks. They drive people to to make new things that never existed. They drive people like Henry Ford to create a way that even the lowest people on the old economic totem pole can eventually buy cars, all because he wanted to make profits. And it does help people to have profits. You want companies to be profitable. How can we go into a year like 
2020, where we're shutting down all of these businesses and expecting them not to go out of business, and also in 2019, be demonizing them for hoarding all of their wealth at the same time. Does anyone ever think about whether or not that makes sense? Companies are pretty smart, generally. A lot of them are, and they, they plan for the future. And the ones who planned really well, I don't think anyone ever thought Apple was going to go out of business this year at all. No one thought they were. No. So whoever is using Apple devices and whoever works for Apple, they know that they're going to have a job. So, you know, we're helping a lot of people in China. Because they have like 100 billion, 120 billion of cash. <laughs> they cash. got plenty of money. All right. Yeah. So in the last paragraph here, I want to mention what Sam said here, yeah. which I thought was really, really good from the live group. He says, while capitalism has a visible cost, which is profit, socialism or communism has an I want to, I think he said meant to say invisible has an invisible cost, which is inefficiency. And that inefficiency gets weeded out through losses and bankruptcy within capitalism. The fact that goods are vastly cheaper under capitalism literally implies that profit is less costly than inefficiency. Yeah, it is. But you don't, the problem is you, you don't see the inefficiency necessarily. You only see the results of it. Capitalism, you, you do see the profit and people are like, oh, that's so bad. Yeah. And he, it, he made how much off of that? The inefficiency is invisible. We don't know when it happens. We we don't know what kind of inefficiency we're dealing with, say, in in healthcare in some parts of the industry or in all types of other controlled industries where it's it's not actually working inside of a free market, which is all the industries. Todd said not enough uh, not enough successful business people run for public office. We get stuck with academics who have never accomplished anything outside of college or government service. And that is that is very true. Um, uh, people, it is always insane to me to think about the fact that people like AOC get to go up there with a economics degree and no business, uh, no business mindset whatsoever. She doesn't know anything about business. She doesn't know anything about healthcare. And she gets to, she thinks that she can make decisions that can affect the entire world, essentially. And that is an insane idea. Just thinking about that. How can someone who is not versed in every single facet of human life go out there and affect every single human life with the stupid things that they do? That is why the government can't have the power that we constantly allow it to have. The last paragraph here says, and we're talking about profit. So I wanted to hammer this one home. In a capitalist country, the focus is on profits over anything else. In a socialist country, the public is seen to be more important and social welfare is a major priority. Now, this is just a complete misunderstanding, once again, of how good profits are for everyone. We want profits to exist. Profit makes things cheaper. All right, I did a video on that. You can go back on our Facebook and look at that. Profit makes things cheaper. Either if there wasn't any profit, it wouldn't exist. Or if they couldn't have profit on it, it would be more expensive because they wouldn't try to be more efficient. And that is exactly what Sam was talking about too. Profit is good for everyone. Now, mm. what these people are mainly focusing on is crony capitalism, uh, monopolies, things like that, which I don't think we have any true monopolies right now. I don't think that, I, I really don't know any that exist outside of... Uh, areas where you can't get more internet companies and stuff like that, which is sometimes a product of how many people live in your area and a lot of times a product of how many licenses they'll give out to companies to right. allow them to operate in that area. Yeah. So still not a free market monopoly. Like when we moved here, AT&T wasn't available because they can't be. 
because Comcast has a monopoly on my neighborhood. Yeah. Thanks to the government. I just saw your comment in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that is Dumb Bleep number one. 35 minutes into the episode, we got through Dumb Bleep number one. We're not even finished with the article. No, <laughs> I skipped over half of the article. But um, it's but, a really good conversation to yeah. have because this is what, I mean, this is what they're teaching kids. Mm-hmm. This is what they're putting in into kids' hands. Now, I don't know how many people read Teen Vogue, um, but... I would assume it's too many more than one. And, you know, they say good things in here, although they do call them radicals. They still say pretty good things about Marx and Engels. Um, And so, I mean, the entire article is garbage, absolute garbage. And people will read this and God, you see it all the time. I see these kids go to college and these young, sweet, precious souls and they come out or, or, or even while they're in there. You know, I see stories on Instagram of, of these people that I know, and I'm just like, what happened? What happened? And you can tell they're just regurgitating the exact same garbage that everyone else does about this stuff. They all and, had subscriptions to Team Vogue. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's maddening. We, I think, as Liberty folks, have to do a better job. Uh, you know, one thing that I believe the extreme left has on everyone else is um well they're they're not dumb and so their intellectual capability to play the long game to play chess while everyone else is playing checkers and they filled academia and media and all these places where you consume information they filled it with their ideas we have not done a good a good enough job as liberty folks passing our ideas on i mean it's one thing why this is why we do the podcast it's one reason why we do it but we need more Liberty teachers. We need more pro-capitalist messaging. That's what we need. And we need more people talking about the the benefits of it. Have you seen the Amazon's commercials they've been running lately? No. It's crazy. I mean, they've been running PR commercials pretty much lately. And I want to go through all of them sometime, but they're talking about how much money they've donated to start schools and things like that and how they're helping families all around. I mean, literally just commercials about how they're starting schools and how they're how they're funding that and, and how they're doing all these great things. And I mean, you can call that company propaganda if you want to. It's just PR for them because they're the, they're the most hated company probably in the world, which happens when you're at the top, you get more haters than everyone. Just which is asking. weird because the CEO set aside $10 billion for climate change. Yes, which everyone was upset about because that makes him a government. <laughs> yeah. It's- a government that, that that's a government in the U.S. government size that can last for about twelve hours. <laughs> so we'll, he'll do way more with that ten billion dollars. 